Hi, and welcome to project number three, my place-based project. In this podcast, I'm going to be doing my place-based project on Yellowstone National Park and a few of the sites therein that contain historical significance and not only significance in history, but personal significance to me as my family and I have traveled many times to Yellowstone to visit the historical sites and to obviously be out in nature. As many people know, Yellowstone National Park is a nearly 3,500 square mile wilderness atop of a volcanic hotspot. Mostly when people are thinking about Yellowstone National Park, they are thinking about geysers and mud pots and hot pools, but sometimes we tend to forget about the history of the buildings that are located inside of the national park. I am going to focus on four locations or buildings that contain a historical significance to the park. The first will be the Old Faithful Inn, followed by the Roosevelt Lodge, Uncle Tom's Trail, which is a popular hiking trail, and the Lake Hotel located on Yellowstone Lake. First, we will start with the Old Faithful Inn. Now, I want you to imagine walking up to this. As you walk up from a parking lot, you see a ginormous log building, all painted brown on the outside for the most part, with some pine that is still showing, lots of knots in all the wood, and there's a ginormous balcony. And when you are underneath the balcony, you can see directly to the Old Faithful Geyser Basin with Old Faithful framed right in the middle of that. As you turn, there are two big red barn-looking doors, which then give way into the main lobby of the Old Faithful Inn. Inside, you'll find framework all done with logs again and a ceiling that rises 92 feet above the floor. As you are in the main lobby, in the southeast corner, which as you walk in the doors will be to your left and in front of you, is a massive fireplace that extends 16 square feet around and has four main hearths. On the structure of the fireplace is also located a huge clock, and there are two balconies surrounding the inside area with hallways that lead off to rooms. Now, if you were in the Old Faithful Inn today and you closed your eyes, you would hear mostly lots of cameras, the shutters going on and off, so lots of clicking noises, and the hustle and bustle of people going in and out of the gift shop and in and out of many different places, walking up and down stairs. Now, if we were to transport ourselves back to the 1900s, early 1900s, as the inn opened in 1904, we would hear music, which is interesting. Now you don't hear a ton of music until it's the evening, but they have what is called the crow's nest, which is up, it's the highest that you can get in the lobby area, and it's a small log-looking house that is open, completely open, where a string quartet used to play all the time. Now, because of structural damage from an earthquake that happened a few years ago, they have a grand piano off to the side on the second story balcony, which is played mostly in the evenings.
But as I said before, music is a very prominent feature in the Old Faithful in providing guests with a sense of this luxurious log cabin feeling. As for lighting in the Old Faithful Inn, you will mostly find that there are lots of windows that let in a lot of natural light, but there are light fixtures in the inn, all designed to look like candles. The architect, Robert Reamer, wanted to focus on the outdoor nature of the National Park, and thus by bringing in the log cabin features to the inn, bringing in the log structures and bringing in huge fireplace with the candle lighting that, yes, is electric, but looks like candles, brings in more of an outdoorsy feel, even though one is inside. That being said, the inn is meant to be a very formal place. They have a formal dining room where you are able to reserve a spot to have a, more of a fancy dinner. And all of the people that work at the hotel are dressed as if they were working in a very fancy hotel. This inn has a prominent place in the history of Yellowstone National Park. Although it was built in 1904 and the park was established in 1872, meaning the inn is not very old compared to the park, it has housed many important guests and stands as a prominent feature of the National Park within one of the most popular areas that there is in the National Park, the Old Faithful Lower Geyser Basin. The next historic place that I will be discussing is the Roosevelt Lodge, which is located in the Upper Loop, so more in the northern part of the National Park. It's close to what is called Tower Junction, where... Tower Falls is located. The Roosevelt Lodge is was built in 1920 and it is named the Roosevelt Lodge because it is located near a campsite once used by President Theodore Roosevelt, although it was never actually used by Theodore Roosevelt. The cabins that surround the lodge are very rustic looking and they have many family-oriented activities and family-style dining people love to go and visit, as well as there are many good fishing spots. Plus, on the porch, there are rocking chairs to give the guests an opportunity to rest and relax while looking out into the great forest of the Yellowstone National Park. Close to the Roosevelt Lodge is a large corral, which offers horseback trail rides, stagecoach adventures, and an Old West dinner cookout where they provide what they consider an Old West dinner. When one visits or walks up to the Roosevelt Lodge, it is nothing like the Old Faithful Inn in the previous segment. It is a small cabin-looking structure with two stone chimneys on either side of the structure. It almost looks like a small house with windows facing the front with a porch with lots of wooden rocking chairs on it. As one enters, there's a lot of open space, a dining area, and places for families to sit and discuss whatever it is they may want to discuss, or just relax for a little bit after a long day or a hike. It has nothing of the hustle and hubbub that the Old Faithful Inn may have. 
Rather, it is a more quiet structure. It still has that cabin feeling with the fireplaces and the log walls and log structure, but surrounding the cat, the entire lodge is a forest with hiking trails. There are, there's a stream that goes by where fishermen love to go and fish, and there's the corral off to the side, as I mentioned before where families love to go and get an old-school stagecoach ride or ride horses around the National Park for the day. It is an important place in history in Yellowstone National Park as it was a major stopping point for Indians and fur trappers or explorers on the Bannock Trail where a sagebrush meadow was encircled by the Douglas fir, which is right where the lodge is located. Now... You will see rustic roads, which are more dirt roads, that lead up to all the cabins around the area. It also provided a overnight stop for travelers that were going between Mammoth Hot Springs and the Canyon Village further south in Yellowstone National Park. Roosevelt Lodge also was a base for fishing parties, saddle horse trips, but more of a base for a field laboratory where teachers and their students would conduct research where they would be able to stay at this place at minimum expense and be able to do their research on the forest, whether that be the trees, the animals, or the vegetation that grew around. The lodge was also the headquarters for a boys' summer camp that was run by Alvin Whitney, who is of the New York State School of Forestry at Syracuse University. More than anything now, the Roosevelt Lodge serves as a stopping point or somewhere close to Tower Falls that one may go to relax and get away from a lot of the crowds of Yellowstone National Park, whereas back in the day it was more crowded because of the fact that it was easier to access, it was further away from people, it was cheaper to stay at, where as now it is located a little bit further away from the main road and allows people to find a little bit of a calm in the hustle and bustle of Yellowstone National Park and its visitors. This next segment, we are going to jump from buildings to a popular hiking trail, and then afterwards we will talk more about another building. But the popular hiking trail that I want to discuss is called Uncle Tom's Trail. Now, Uncle Tom's Trail is a trail that takes you from the top of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone to approximately the base or a little bit above the base of the 308-foot-high Lower Falls. The reason this trail is called Uncle Tom's Trail is because in Yellowstone's early history, with many people coming in and out and still exploring the land, H.F. Richardson, who was from Bozeman, Montana, who was also known as Uncle Tom, hence the name Uncle Tom's Trail, built a trail deep into the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone in the late 1890s. He used this trail to provide guests of the National Park with a deeper hike into the canyon than one would normally be able to do thus providing a more surreal experience to the visitor of the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. The original Uncle Tom's Trail 
contained about 528 steps, which included rope ladders that goes about three quarters of the way down the side of the canyon to a viewing platform that is just downriver from Lower Falls to about the base of Lower Falls, where one will almost always see a rainbow coming from the mist of the falls. As long as the sun is out, you will see the rainbow. Below the viewer, you will see, they would see a the Yellowstone River as it rushed down through the canyon. This trail has obviously been maintained and improved by the National Park Service, which, so now it has steel steps or staircases that have about 328 steps. As mentioned before, today's trail looks very different from the original Uncle Tom's Trail where it was made of strictly wood and rope ladders. Now we have the steel with steel bridges and staircases leading down the canyon. As one hikes down the canyon, you will start to hear the rush of an extremely powerful river and the fall of a waterfall. This continues to grow louder and louder the further you go down into the canyon as well as you are able to see more and more mist and more parts of the canyon as you descend further and come out from the trees into the middle of the canyon where you are able to look one at lower falls and its beauty as well as look at the majestic beauty of the canyon. In my personal opinion, this trail is one of the most important trails in Yellowstone. Although it does not feature many hot spots where there may be geysers or hot pools for visitors to view, which is normally why people go into the park. It does feature the nature of an extremely powerful river and what it has carved out from many, many years of flowing through this area. It shows that there is much more to this national park than just hot springs, and geysers. The last historical site that I want to speak about in this podcast is the Lake Hotel, which is located on Yellowstone Lake in the southern part of the park, which is in the lower loop of Yellowstone National Park. The Lake Hotel is one of the hotels built to accommodate visitors into Yellowstone National Park and was built more for the wealthier people that wanted to come and visit Yellowstone National Park. It was built in 1891 and is the oldest operating hotel in the park. It was redesigned by the same person, Robert Reamer, who was the architect of Old Faithful Inn in 1904. One of the reasons that I have chosen to speak about the Lake Hotel is because of how it was envisioned versus how it is now and what that means to the National Park. When the Lake Hotel was being envisioned, Harry W. Child, who was the president of the Yellowstone Park Company, wanted Reamer to expand an already existing lodge into a large summer resort, reminiscent of grand hotels that were located in the northeast region of the United States. He was thinking that maybe he could get one that offered a golf course, a tennis court, and a swimming pool. The entire design behind the Lake Hotel, or redesign by Reamer, 
was to make the hotel one of the most luxurious hotels to cater to the rich, as I mentioned before. Ultimately, the most important feature that Reamer worked into his design, though, was peace. Not fun and fancy-free, but peace and serenity that came with visiting the National Park. The Lake Hotel, when you walk into it, does not look anything like what you would think an inn or a hotel in Yellowstone National Park to be. It does not include the pine that most of the lodges and the Old Faithful Inn include. Rather, it contains a lot of fancier trim work to bring an elegance to the hotel. As you walk in, you will hear the music of the Lake String Quartet, who normally plays here every day as This is meant to give visitors more of a luxurious feel. Even though it may be an older hotel, it is still the most luxurious in the National Park. Even though it may not be the most popular, as the Old Faithful Inn is probably the most popular hotel, it is still one of the most popular hotels. You can enjoy an elegant dinner, you can listen to the music of the quartet, as I mentioned before, and you can sit and look through all of the windows or even go outside to a small wharf that they have where you can sit and listen to small waves lapping against the shore. The most prominent feature of the Lake Hotel is the lake itself. Reamer, when he envisioned the Lake Hotel and the remodel that he was doing, he wanted to make Yellowstone Lake the focal point of everything that he did. Thus, why you have when you walk up to it, you have many, many rooms that have a lake-facing window so that one may be able to look out the room and see a majestic lake before them every morning, every evening, whenever it is that they're in the hotel. As guests check in and go to their rooms, they will notice that there are a few things that are missing from the rooms, such as air conditioning. There are even some rooms that are missing a bathroom. This can be found in many lodges or cabins throughout the National Park as They were designed with the purpose of sharing a bathroom, such as to conserve water. All of these sites that I have discussed, I hope that I have given you a glimpse into the history of the National Park and each site and why they are important to the National Park. And I hope that as you were able to listen, that you were able to hear some of the things that I was talking about, as these sites are hard to describe the majestic beauty of each one of them.